Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and normally I would read from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, today I wanted to read one of the poems that I wrote on February the 26th of 2021. It is called My King. Here we go. I've spoken this into the universe. You, my love, will be more than my lover. You'll be my best friend. However, just so you know, I've been lifting you up in prayer. My love, you deserve to be treated like a king. You are the essence of excellence and royalty. Your heart deserves to be protected. Therefore, loving me will be one of your greatest investments. My king, my desire is to serve you, to stand beside you, and to minister to you too. Our prayer lives will manifest genuine happiness. Thinking of you has me in bliss. I'm looking forward to our first kiss. Trials and tribulations, of course, will come. But I'm sure it hits different when you're in love. I love you already and we haven't met yet. I look forward to when you manifest in the flesh. Yes, King, I'm preparing to receive your unconditional love abstaining from instant gratification so that you will be more than enough. And unconditionally, I am ready to love you. Patience most certainly is a virtue. I love you, my king. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you are hearing this episode We have now entered into season two of the Dear Future Hubby podcast. And I just wanted to take a moment to genuinely and wholeheartedly thank each and every one of you that have either listened to me from the very beginning, that have stumbled upon me because someone that you knew was a guest on the podcast, or who literally just stumbled upon the podcast and decided to give it a go. And now you're hanging with us, not even knowing what it is I'm going to talk about on any given day. Hopefully, you've been able to see how transparent I truly am. That's just who I am. I've been like this my entire life. Didn't think I'd have to change it for anybody or anyone. So, hey, authenticity is what I stand by. That is, in fact, who I am. And so, I've just been giving it to y'all as it's coming to me, literally. So I wanted to talk today about really about being connected to the wrong person. And I know that a lot of times this is something that we end up falling into, maybe because of a financial situation, maybe because of an emotional situation. I'm going to try to say something I'm going to use an example that is to the furthest extreme in hopes that maybe you'll get it. Um, 
that way, you know, because I don't know anyone like this personally. So that's another reason why I'm using this example. But let's just say, for instance, a person who is a prostitute and a pimp. Now, the pimp may initially just be the, the caregiver in terms of, you know, I'm making sure I keep a roof over your head. I'm making sure you got some money in your pocket so that way you can literally have something to eat so forth or whatever but i'm gonna need you to do this for me in order for me to keep those dividends coming in next thing you know the prostitute is now entangled with this pimp she knows that she needs to stray from the relationship she knows that she needs to let this go she knows that that would be the best thing for her to do but because she's become so financially dependent on him even though he has her doing tricks all of a sudden she's like i can't imagine my life without this guy Time goes on. Now she has convinced herself that something that is so toxic is the best that she can do for herself. She knows deep down inside, if she's completely honest within, he does not have love for her. She's only profiting him because of what she does as her profession. He don't love her. She knows he doesn't love her, but in her mind, it'll never get better than this. So she chooses to settle instead of run. And nine times out of 10, she opts not to run because she fears her life. And so I really hope that you are not in a situation. I tried to use the most wildest scenario in hopes that it wouldn't hit home for anybody like personally. I hope you're not. I hope that's not your testimony. However, I said that to say this, there are a lot of people that are in relationships that were not necessarily or that do not necessarily mean them any earthly good, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, they just don't mean them any good. And maybe that's the best that they feel that they can do. And so they tolerate the verbal abuse. They tolerate the physical abuse. They tolerate the mental anguish. They tolerate all of these things. And they could be so close to a way of escape. But they have convinced themselves, this is the best that I can do. And they may even have people that they've confided in. That have provided them a way of escape. That have told them, girl, I tell you what, I got the bag packed. You can leave everything here. You don't have to look back. I got a cabin way off in the boondocks. He'll never find you. We just got to get you there. We just got to get you there. Once we get you there, you can be by yourself. You can recover. You can cry your eyes out for three to four days if you need to. You can take that time to journal to figure out what your next move is going to be. I can find out if we need to change your identity, whatever, just to get you out of this toxic situation. Because I'm not trying to bury you prematurely. You got the friend that's willing to put their life on the line. You got the friend that doesn't want to leave because she's, for, she's afraid that she may lose her life. And the whole time she's knowing that this is not the right decision. Like to stay with this person literally may equate to her demise eventually. 
and yet she chooses to stay in that toxic, abusive relationship. But why? Sometimes I remember when, because I was in a very, I have been not to that extent, but I've been in relationships where it was like, okay, it's time for you to just go ahead and, and leave. And I remember there was one particular relationship that I was in. And I remember saying, I would be better off homeless than to live another day with this individual. I would be better off picking up the pieces than to be tormented mentally by dealing and being with this person. And I literally made a decision to just leave, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing how my life was going to turn out, not knowing anything. But I knew deep down inside, it was better for me to leave the situation than to stay in that situation another day. Mainly because sometimes it's good to look for the way of escape, not necessarily for what that person will do to you, but given the circumstances, what you could potentially do to that person to protect yourself and to protect your life as well as your children. And so when I counted up the cost, I started to realize it might be better for me to just go ahead and exit this relationship than to try to hold on. And one of us, if not both of us, are going to end up six feet under. And there are those type of relationships where, you know, when you're looking at that person, no good thoughts come to your mind. No happy thoughts come to your mind. Nothing about that person makes you want to leap for joy when you see them. Half the time you're rolling your eyes. Half the time you're squir like squirmish when they get in your presence. Even if they're like raising up their arm to go get something at the cabinet. You're flinching. Why are you flinching? Nine times out of ten you're flinching because that person has most likely put their hands on you at one mo moment in your relationship. Or multiple moments in the relationship. And they have put the fear of God in you. To where you're afraid to make a move. For the sake of. I don't know what he's going to do the next time. I don't know what's. If, if, I mean if I try to leave. And then he finds me. That might be it for me. I don't know who to talk to about this. I don't know who to confide in about this. It's embarrassing for me. We had a conversation a few months back and we were talking about like, why do certain people stay in toxic and abusive relationships? And one of the reasons that was brought up is not just the fear of death, but also the fear of I won't be able to get any better than this person. And all I kept, kept thinking when they were talking about this, like, you know, first of all, I think it's very heartbreaking when you're dealing with the situation that you really feel like there is no way of escape. That's very heartbreaking when you feel like there's no one that either understands what it is that you're going through, that's going to be able to fight your battle for you, that can truly help you to get through it. But it's also heartbreaking when you feel as if this, this lowest of lowest of lowest points in your life, that that's the best that life has to offer you. That's where the heartbreak is. For you not to see your worth, for you not to see your value, for there's a reason why, in my opinion, why someone would take 
this energy or their energy to try to break you down or tear you down. There's something within you that must be so valuable that they have literally dedicated their time and their energy to try to keep you from recognizing what that value is. That little glimpse of why it is are you that you're trying to tear me down. That little glimpse of let me try to figure out what it is and why it is that you're trying to. T- Once you come into contact with that glimpse of hope, that glimpse of light, that glimpse of better. There's got to be something better than this. Hopefully that will give you the strength to be able to press forward. I know it did in my situation. And when I look back, people say this all the time. I'm so glad I don't look like what I went through. Now, let me just keep it 100. Honey, I say that because I can put on makeup and I can put on some weave. But internally, I know that I look like what I went through. The fact that I have a tumor in my brain, that is telling me, and not once, I've had it twice. That's telling me that I'm looking like what I went through. It may not be externally, but internally, I know that I look like what I've been through. I know that my body is constantly at battle because of all of the trauma that I internalized that I didn't really talk to anybody about. I know that I look like what I've been through internally and then there was a something in me that said okay god i want to live i want to live so in order for me to live i literally had to leave period and not just one situation i've had to leave multiple situations not just a romantic relationship some of them had to be friendships because sometimes when you're looking at a situation and you're like This person is not contributing to my well-being, my mental health, my sanity. Not helping me to, to maintain what it is that I'm trying to keep. Sometimes you have to do an inventory of your relationships. When I'm in contact with this person, I'm not saying it has to be 150%. But what I'm saying is that there should always be a give and a take. Not just always take, not just always give. There should be a mutual understanding that there's give and a take. There may be times that when you're calling your friend, she's the listening ear. There may be times when your friend is calling you, you're the listening ear. There may be times where Y'all go out somewhere and you fund the, you literally fund the tab. Then there's other times when y'all go somewhere and she funds the tab. But y'all have this understanding, a mutual understanding and a mutual respect for each other. Honey, we are in this together. I got your back. You got mine. When you get into a situation where it's all one-sided, where you look up and the pimp is just constantly beating you up, constantly beating you up. I need you on that corner. I need you doing this. I need you doing that. I need you doing that. I'm talking figuratively. I'm not talking literally. And you're just like, dang, you just keep on working me out. But I'm not gaining anything from this. I'm not building my savings account. I'm not, you know, you're taking away from my person. You're, you're instead of you finding a way to help me to build your empire in a, a better way. Here it is. I'm constantly just being used by you. That's not helping me. You're using me. 
I remember at one point I had gone to counseling and I was talking to a counselor about one of the situations I was in. And she gave me this example and I had never heard it a day in my life. She was like, the person that you're involved with is a user. I had never known, didn't know what, what in the world that meant. And she said, what I mean is that person sees that you have multiple resources. So they made up in their mind that they're going to use your resources until you have no more. Once they've used your resources, then they're going to walk out. And then they won't come back until you've reestablished those resources again. And because you have gained some type of loyalty or I mean, they've gained some type of loyalty from you. They know that you're just going to keep letting them come back and use your resources because you love them, because you care about them, because you and so they're using that to their advantage. And the only person that's profiting from the relationship is them, because after they've used all your resources up, you have nothing else to pull from. So you can't pull from anything in order to regain that back. That's like that in sometimes in relationships It's like that in friendships. It's even like that with family sometimes. And so you've got to figure out what do I do to preserve not just my life? What do I do to preserve my peace of mind? What do I do to preserve my heart? Guard my heart. What do I do to preserve my just everything, sanity, all of that? What do I need to do? Have you ever noticed whenever you're watching like these prison movies or whatever, and you have a person that is going through bona fide turmoil, getting beat up all the time, possibly raped, whatever. They're going through all of this in prison. But if you look what it or trying to be, you know, it just depends on which movie you're watching. But if you look, they will find a way to channel their energy in a positive light just to maintain their mental just to maintain their sanity because they can see themselves outside of that turmoil and they know if they can see themselves outside of the turmoil then they have a fighting chance so they'll take the beatings they'll take you know the whole water being splashed or not splashed on but sprayed on them while they're you know not eat while they're indisposed They'll take all of these things, but in the back of their mind, they are thinking, what does it look like for me to be outside of this condition? What does it look like outside of here? What does it look like for me to be free? That's what I'm going to hone in on. I am not encouraging people to separate or whatever. I'm just, I just want you to analyze your current situation. There are people that are connected that really should not be connected. There are people that have made up their mind like, well, child, like I got to be with them because, you know, that's how I get my light bill paid. Well, girl, I got to be with them because that's how I get my car note paid. Honey, I got to be with them because that's how I get my mortgage paid. How do we get here? How do we get to the point that we are willing to compromise our peace of mind, our sanity, our joy? our happiness for the sake of 
not just instant gratification for the sake of a bill being paid or many bills being paid. How did it come to this? What mess have we allowed to program our minds to where it's like, well, as long as it's getting done, as long as it's getting done, how did we end up here? Because there's a lot of people doing it. It's almost become the norm. It's like, okay, so do you love her? Child, what's love got to do with it? Uh, I thought it had a lot to do with it. So why are y'all together? Well, you know, we had a couple of kids together. I don't want to pay child support. So, yeah, there's that. I might this cheaper to keep, right? That's what they ain't that what they tell you. It's cheaper to keep her. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just gonna hang off in there. So you're just gonna hang in there until she dies? What no, no, no. I'm just gonna wait until the kids get older. You know, once they turn 21 years old, and then I ain't gotta worry about paying no child support no more. Then, you know, maybe then we could go our separate ways. Oh, okay. So that's that's what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I ain't got time to pay another $1,200, $1,500 a month for no child support. Mm, okay. So, you would rather be miserable just to make sure that you don't have to pay another bill. Okay. So, why are you with him, girl? Girl, because he pays my car note and my car insurance and that money. You know, I get to go buy the latest Louis Vuitton. I get to go buy the latest Gucci outfit, girl. I get to go on my girls' trips. Okay. So, all of that is instant gratification. Like, you, I mean, you don't even like the dude. No, I don't. But, girl, he makes money, honey. Okay. All right. All right. So, as long as you have the latest name brand anything you're good to go yes girl i got you know i'm looking fly i don't know i guess i'll just hang in with him until the next one come along so you're a user you're just using them this man is over here thinking that you love him that you would give him the stars the moon whatever and you're pretty much playing a game you're you're just playing a game playing with his heart and then it makes it hard for him to trust any other female that would be genuine when she crosses his path after you've used him up same with the female after the man then used her up it becomes harder for her to trust the next man because she's been used up and down sideways flipped and all of that he never intended to make him her wife he literally just wanted a plaything. next thing you know she feels like a prostitute even though she wouldn't because instead of just being 100 and saying look i don't want nothing serious i really just want to play so you can enter at your own risk but the truth be told, uh, I, that's all I want to do. I, I don't want nothing. I done already been there, did that. I've been married. I done had the long-term girlfriend. None of those relationships worked. So at this juncture of my life, guess what I'm trying to do? I'm just trying to have my thrills, travel, do what I want to do when I want to do it. No, I don't owe nobody no explanation of why I do what I do. If you are cool with that, then we can roll. If you're not, I really hope you have a nice life. What is so hard with just telling the truth? How and why have we made it so difficult? I'm just curious. I'm just, I'm asking for myself. I really am. Because I'm just trying to figure out how it is that certain people want certain things. And I feel like we set that precedence in a lot of different ways. I've talked to people where they get an attitude when they find out that I'm abstinent. 
at this age because they're like, well, you were having sex before. What does my having sex before I decided to be abstinent have anything to do with you, sir? Not a thing. Not a thing. It's my body. I can do what I want to. So if I choose to be abstinent, that's my choice. If I choose to have sex, that's my choice. If I choose to wait until I get married, that's my choice. However, there are a lot of people that will make the choice for you. Why do they do that? Why do they make the choice for you? And then tell you, okay, so this, this is one of the things I witnessed. They'll make the choice for you and then you, it puts you in a situation where now you feel like you're not free to go. So not only did you make the choice for me, but now you done put me in a situation that I feel like I can't even exit. Hence the pimp prostitute situation. Initially, she probably thought that was a good idea. She probably thought, okay, some extra money that I can make and beast living on the streets. The pimp going to take care of me. He going to make sure he supplies my needs. You know, I was already having sex and not getting paid for it. So I might as well now. She might have thought that it was a good idea initially. Then he started beating her up. Telling her what she couldn't do. Telling her where she couldn't go. Telling her what the consequences were if she did try to go. Next thing you know, she's in that relationship against her will. And he's still using her to his advantage. And she feels as if there's nothing she could do about it. Nothing whatsoever. All because she trusted him when he said, you can leave anytime you want. But that's not really what he meant. Because now when she tries to say, but I, I want to go, I don't want to live this lifestyle anymore. What you mean you don't want to live this lifestyle anymore? Who you think you talking to? Pop. How did we get here? How did the world get like that? How did it get to where you can't tell the truth any longer? Like truly tell your truth. It's almost like, okay, I'm going to tell you what you want to hear when you want to hear it. Why did we get there? I'm just wondering. Because I see a lot of hurting people and a lot of relationships that they're not fulfilled in. Yeah, the sex may be great, but that's all y'all got. Then there's some that aren't even having sex. That they barely talk. And it's like, I know you know that there's more to life than this. So why are you settling? Why are you settling? I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know. I know with me, when I was in the stage of settling, it's because I didn't believe I could do or have any better. I didn't see my worth. I didn't see my value. I didn't see what I truly brought to the table. All I kept playing in my mind were the negative tapes. And I kept playing those lies over and over and over and over again in my mind until they became my reality. And so other people on the outside looking in is like, we know she could do better than him. But I couldn't see it. 
He could be a bum off the street, literally. And in my world, in my mind, girl, this is, oh my God, oh my goodness, he's just the best thing since sliced bread. In my mind, because I have been stomped down in so many different facets of life that I truly believed that that was the best that I could do. I truly have believed the lie. I believe that there was no better, no better, no better. So I put up with so much mess. I put up with so much mess. But you know what? I changed that trajectory. I changed it. I wrote down affirmations. I surrounded myself by positive reinforcement. I created a vision board. I started to see myself beyond my circumstances. I stopped making excuses. I stopped trying to justify people's actions. The people that were mistreating me, I stopped making excuses for them because that used to be my go-to. Oh, well, they did this and that and this and that. Maybe because of that, I stopped doing that. I started trusting my own judgment. I started listening to my own voice. Of course, I always pray. I pray all the time. I started praying more. I started fasting more. I started really, and not just praying. I would wait. Because at one point, I remember, I wouldn't even wait for God to answer me. I would just answer for God. I've been there, trust me. And then I was like, no, girl, that ain't working for you. So you might just want to go ahead and wait for him to respond. Because at least that way you get the truth. And you're not leaning on your own understanding. So I started to do the work. And I started to listen when people, because I were, okay, so I don't know if I ever shared this. I probably did share this a long time ago in one of my episodes. I remember when I would get compliments or like, let's say that I would dress really nice or whatever. And I would know that when I went into work, that I was going to get a compliment. And I would hear, I would see the faces of people that were going to compliment me on whatever I had on, however I had my makeup on or whatever. And I would literally get a massive anxiety attack, do a U-turn and go and change because I did not want those compliments. I did not want the attention. I did not want anyone to bring attention to me. I was traumatized from something way back when and didn't even know the effects until my young adult life. Had not a clue. Had not a clue. So a lot of people probably thought I was crazy and out of my mind, not realizing that I had literally, I didn't even know it until I went to counseling, that I had, I was dealing with trauma. So it's like the post-traumatic stress disorder. Like I literally was dealing with trauma that I had suppressed and it was coming out in my young adult life in the form of anxiety. And I didn't even know why I would have these massive panic attacks. And that's what it was, is because something traumatic had happened in my earlier years that I had never dealt with that made me fearful of attention. I didn't want attention. I didn't want nobody paying attention to me. I didn't want nobody to compliment me. I did not know how to take a compliment. Did not have a clue on how to take a compliment. 
And so to avoid being complimented, I would try to downplay my light. I would try to downsize myself so that there would be no attention drawn to me and I could avoid a compliment and nothing, you know, pretty much I could, I could move about the cabin. All because I never dealt with the trauma. Didn't even know that it was an issue. Had not a clue until I finally took a step in the right direction and went for therapy. And it was a forced go for therapy because I literally was having some crazy thoughts to where I was, in a sense, I was kind of forced to go to therapy. I didn't voluntarily go. Eventually, I voluntarily went. But initially, it was one of those where, yeah, you need you need psychological help. And it's because I had been suppressing all of the trauma that had happened to me throughout the years. And it was just constantly being layered and layered and layered and layered. One traumatic situation on top of another traumatic situation on top of another. And I just kept piling it up. Internalizing it. Not dealing with it. Grinning and bearing it. Not realizing that it was having an internal effect on me. And the way that I viewed the world. All of that was affecting me. And so I know firsthand what it's like to settle. I know what that looks like. I know how you can feel like this is the best that I can do. Who else is going to want me? Why would they want me? I know firsthand what that looks like. That is the reason why self-love is of the utmost importance. You have got to start with self. You've got to be able to look at yourself in the mirror. You've got to be able to look at all of your flaws. You've got to be able to embrace your flaws, your dimples, your pimples, your freckles. Oh, and I got a lot of freckles. But you got to be able to, to literally face your insecurities. And, it, and turn it into something that you celebrate. Like I used to be so like, oh my goodness, why is it that I have, they call it foopaw, my little belly or whatever from all the kids I didn't had and the alcohol I didn't drink. And I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, I used to have a flat stomach. What is happening? Then I talked to a guy, he was like, you know, Teresa, we don't, the way that you women be acting toward y'all's bodies, men don't think like that. First of all, girl, you didn't have six children. We don't expect expect you to have a flat stomach. And he was like, and not only that, you're at the time he was talking to me, I was in my late 30s. And he was like, you're comparing your 30 year old body to your teenage body. Why would you do that? That's torturing yourself. Why would you do that? I was like, I don't know. That's the way to. We don't been programmed. We've been programmed. Oh, you need to be, if you're this age, you need to be this. If you're this height, you need to be this way. We've been programmed to think that anything other than that, he's like, first of all, let's just keep it 100. The chart that they're talking about, that is not in comparison to a person having six children. That's a woman who ain't never had no kids. Ain't no, t- she might be 18. He was like, that's the chart that you're trying to compare yourself to is unrealistic to the life that you've actually lived. And when he said that, I was like, oh, okay. He was like, the average weight is 18. I mean, not weight. The average size is size 18 in America. 
Stop trying to compare yourself when you were a size zero in high school. Those days have ended. Don't be trying to be a size zero. Now, if you want to be a healthy size, then work on being a healthy size. But don't kill yourself trying to be right back how you were in high school. For what? He's like, us men are not that shallow. That's a woman thing. I'm like, really? He said, yes, y'all women think like that. We don't think like that. I'm like, okay. Well, thank you for shedding some light on that, on that situation. Because for the longest time, I was beating myself up. Because I was like, girl, you got to get back to this size so that you can look like this. He's like, no, I want a grown woman. I don't want no teenager. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So I digressed. I know I did. I don't even know where I went. I don't even know how we got on that subject. But just pretty much it's like, um, be mindful. It Work on becoming the best version of yourself i know that that's not always easy try not to settle for those of you that are in situations that you have created and you just don't know how in the world you're going to get out i know i had a very 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 great conversation with my aunt earlier today so was so happy to have that conversation and one of the things that she recommended is that when people are in bad situations one thing that you can do um, is pray for perspective and so if that's you I, I hope it's not but if it's you pray for perspective and then once you pray for perspective if you are meant to stay in the relationship maybe to help the person to become a better person or maybe to I don't know for every, I mean there's always different reasons why people remain in relationships but if you are meant to be in your relationship I hope you find a way to take care of yourself. I really do. And if you're dealing with someone that's jealous and insecure and they don't want you looking good because they don't want nobody else looking at you and all that kind of stuff that comes with insecurity, pray for them, honey. And if you don't believe in God, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. If you don't believe it, like, because he's, he's literally the, the only way that I believe that I've been able to, to, to gain my sanity, to say the least. He truly is the only way I believe that I've been able to gain my sanity. And there are some times that, you know, I probably still operate like I'm crazy. Um, I, that might just be who I am. I don't know. There might be those moments that it's just like this girl, this girl. <laughs> I'm sure my kids think it in their head. They probably never tell me that. But um, he'll probably, he's probably like this girl. But yeah, so... Have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this message. Y'all know me. I normally read a letter to my future hubby. So I wanted to quickly read a letter. I mean, for those of you like, what did this girl just talk about? She's all over the place. Okay, so let me explain that to the people that this may be the first time you've ever heard this. I do that. <laughs> my name is Teresa. I am your host of the Dear Future Hubby podcast. Here we are raw, which is an acronym for real and wise. I also am a two-time brain surgery survivor, but I also have a tumor currently in my head. 
I do not rehearse my podcast. I literally just record what's on my heart. So you are liable to hear any and everything. What I tell people is to charge it to my head and not to my heart. What I My intent of doing this is so that my future hubby will get a preview of what it is to come. And this is the kind of stuff that I do. I don't sugarcoat nothing. I, I It is what it is, y'all. It is what it is. I'm really just here to entertain. But at the same time, I'm here to let him tap into who I am. So this is something that I do, that I love to do. I love to talk. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. But here is my letter. Because at the end of my episodes, I like to read a letter to my future hubby. And here we go. It is dated May the 20th. Can y'all believe we're in May already? Jesus. So we're in May. May the 22nd, 2021. And it says, Dear future hubby, Before we ever say our vows, let's be sure to make certain that you and I have fully counted up the cost. That I'm not marrying you for convenience sake. That you are not marrying me for whatever reason. And that our unconditional love as well as God is the foundation of our covenant relationship. You see, I married for all of the wrong reasons the first time. Therefore, my desire is to make sure that I marry for all of the right reasons the next time. The other day, I heard a man say, women sleep with who they want. Men sleep with who they can. Women marry who they can and men marry who they want. I don't know where this original quote came from. However, it caught my attention. So as true as this may be, I sure hope that you know as my future hubby, you can sleep with me whenever you want. However, I certainly hope that you will also want me. Because I'm going to need our chemistry to be on point, my king. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope and pray that y'all have the most amazing day. Please do me a huge favor and take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.